0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Clankers Podcast. Just talking about random, random things. I'm uh, I'm Spencer, and of course, with me today, I have Matt. This is the Matt. first episode of this new series. We're just talking about random stuff, stuff we find interesting. Lots of nerd culture, of course. Lots of Star Wars. So um, yeah, let's just hop right into it. Matt, how are you doing All right. today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Today I had a early Christmas dinner at my grandmother's. That went over pretty nicely.
0: Oh, always and good kind of, to see
1: the grandparents. Yeah, kind of stressful for my mom, you know how those things go. But, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, of it, was, it was a good
0: time. I got a new blanket. Can't complain. <laughs> Never can complain with a new blanket. Well, you know, I like Christmas and all, but it's so it's getting so over commercialized now man (laughs) i i sound so old when i say that but it's it's so over commercialized (laughs) oh man like i'll go into a store and i understand it's the christmas season you know you gotta have all the all the decorations up in the store and everything like that but it's just overwhelming and it kind of like you know it it gets you a little bit frustrated when you look at it yeah i don't know um
1: I, I, I guess I'm still more on the, the whole kid at heart side of that. I uh I get excited for Christmas every year and I help my folks set up decorations and uh honestly I one of my favorite things in the
0: year that I look forward to right after uh Oktoberfest. Oh, don't get me wrong. I always get so excited for Christmas but I get excited for like the more traditionalized Christmas. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I'm I'm old, way too old. I'm just old as fuck. But I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I I wish I could go back to like you know when you were like eight years old and you'd wake up Christmas Day, you'd run out to the tree, and it was like three times of what, what it now. was.
1: Just saying.
0: Oh my bad. You're but, good. So I I miss the days when you could like you were like eight years old. You know you'd run out to the Christmas tree and you'd see it and it would just be a massive pile of presents. But yeah it was always the biggest tease for me because um, my family, you know, we always hosted Christmas uh, mm. Christmas lunch is what we did, Christmas lunch. And so everyone from the family would come over and everything. And being, you know, an excited little kid, I hated having to wait to eat Christmas lunch and everyone to come over, which you know, usually around like 2 p.m., you know, with all the relatives shuffling in at random times because no one wants to be on time. And then we'd eat, and then it would just be this long tease of people asking me, "Have you opened any presents yet? Have you opened any presents yet?" And you know, sixteen or <laughs> not sixteen, a little eight-year-old me would be like, "No." Like I know, no. I, I I hopefully know what I'm getting. You know, hopefully Santa was generous this year. But I mean, then again, I grew up in a you know family. I didn't have many siblings, so <laughs> yeah, Christmas was always a big deal. And both me and my brother's birthday, you know, that were in the summer, so. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect, like, space out of time between birthday and Christmas. You had a lot of time there in between, you know, for... I don't know. It, it kept it interesting.
1: Oh, man. I my would... house, it was, uh, uh. was Oktoberfest, my brother's birthday, my sister's birthday, Christmas, New Year's, and then uh, my birthday. And that was all within, like, a three-month chunk. And so, like, I loved winter... Like, even though we're in... Or I'm in Texas. And, uh, you know, never, ever, 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 ever gets cold enough to actually do anything wintery.
0: No. Like, maybe um, once every ten years.
1: Yeah. But, uh, like, no snow or anything like that. But I still loved, like, the, the slightly cold weather, you know? It gets a little chilly. And then, uh...
0: Just enough for a long sleeve.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, I gotta tell you, man. North Carolina... I'm not liking winter because I'm, you know, I'm from, you know, South Texas, too. So it, it's always nice to have, you know, those nice cool days outside and everything. And that, like, once every five years when it would, like, kind of half-ass snow. And so you would get, like, the day off from school and whatnot and all that fun stuff. But yeah. here, I wake up. I, I got to go to work at, like, 6 a.m. in the morning. So I wake up, go out to my car. And it's not like there's icicles on it or anything like that. Or, like, the door is frozen shut. But the window is, like, glassed over with a layer of ice. Yeah. And the way my, my parking lot is for my apartment is there's a bunch of trees around us. So the sun will rise, and it won't hit the windshield. It won't hit any of the car. <laughs> so my car is still just, like, a block of ice, even at, like, 9 a.m., 9, 10 a.m. It, the sun has to, like, completely come up. Oh, man. But so it... It's not enough ice to be like a major inconvenience, but it's not like little enough where you need to turn on the car, wait like two minutes and then it's gone. It's just enough to piss you off where you have to sit there for like five minutes. And you know, I'm in uniform, so I'm like freezing my ass off because we, (laughs) we don't have, it's not like where I can like throw on a big heavy coat over the uniform and just, you know, call it kosher. Oh man, but (laughs) I scared the shit out of my neighbor's dog the other morning. They were like packing up to move or something. Like, my neighbors just moved out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grabbed a piece of like plastic. It was from, you know, some package that contained, I think it had a phone case in it or something. It was a little piece of plastic. And I pulled it out and I tried scraping my windshield with it. And it made just this atrocious noise. <laughs> and my uh, my neighbors the kind of people who uh, walk their dog off the leash, but it's not one of those like super well behaved dogs where it'll just like stick by their side no matter what, like a like an attack dog. It's one of those dogs where at like the first sign of trouble it just fucking bolts. And so I try to scrape. I'm just trying to scrape the ice off my window so I can go to work. And it makes this like makes this terrible sound, and the dog just zoo straight into the fucking woods. It's gone. <laughs> And I'm like, you're right next to an active street, and you have your dog off of a leash, and you don't think there's going to be at least some weird sounds going on. Oh, oh man. man.
1: I, uh, when we got my dog back when I was like 10, we actually had to build a new fence around my yard because my old one had a lot of holes in it and stuff because it hadn't oh, yeah. kept up since like the early 90s, and it was just like super cheap lumber and all that. So we, like, redid the entire fence because he would find holes in it. There was this huge field um, with, like, this kind of the makeshift sandlot behind my house. And he would, like, bolt out there. And we would have to chase him, like, across the field into <laughs> the next part of the neighborhood. Oh, man. Took, like, 20 minutes every single time he got out. Damn. Yeah, no fun.
0: So, uh... But before we get on with the podcast, I got one funny story to tell you I you've probably heard it before since you know I've told you like every single thing that's happened in my life for the past couple years but sure so we had this uh or my aunt who does all this like dog uh like stuff she like shows her dogs and she like does agility competitions and just crazy stuff with her dogs you know she's a really good dog owner though she doesn't hurt him or anything but she had this old like rescued border collie that's all she takes care of that's all the dogs that she has only border collies 100 percent. i guess it's just her favorite but she had this border collie named sky and it was getting to about the dog was probably like 13, 14 years old. And Border Collies do not have a reputation for being, you know, that long living of dogs. They're super smart, but I think that kills them in the end because they think about things too much. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, they worry <laughs> themselves to death, man. Yeah. But so they... Uh, they sent this dog over to our house, and we, we have, like, a couple Goldens and all this stuff. They they sent it to our house because they thought it would be more relaxed, and they didn't want to see the dog die because, you know, they, they led busy lives and stuff like that, and they couldn't really take care of it anymore. They thought this dog was, like, five, six months from dying. Like, not that long. Well, the dog was 13, and it, it lived to be 22 years old.
1: <laughs> like, human years?
0: yeah. Human years. <laughs> 22 years. It lived nine more years.
1: Did Border Collie have any hair left?
0: It did. Surprising. <laughs> it all stuck straight out. All of its fur just stuck straight away from its skin. Completely kinda perpendicular like a, to its its skin. But like Lilo? Yeah, yeah, kind of like Lilo, except it wasn't curly. It was completely straight. It was crazy. A <laughs> Good dog, but... Kind of it kind of you know like loosened its mind towards the end, but it still sure. loved to like look at the deer and chase the deer, even though its eyes were so cloudy, I, I was pretty sure it couldn't see anything. but we had these deer in our backyard, you know, South Texas, you know the little white tailed deer, right. and uh, this deer ran when we let the dogs out. It, uh, like the dogs would like bark at him and stuff, and the deer ran, tried to jump over the fence, didn't jump over the fence, must have tripped or something, smashed into the fence, like it looked like it snapped its neck. And it was laying there on the ground, unable to move anything but its face. And then the, this, like, I think the dog was, like, 19, 20 at that point. Geriatric beyond belief. Like, if this dog was a human, it would have been in the hospital on life support. Not just for the fact that it was old, but for the fact sure. that no one wants to look at it. It's just that old looking. And so this dog, old as hell, walks over, like, picks up the deer... We've been giving this dog specialty food, you know, super soft food that it could eat. We were treating this dog to like the high life. But it picked up the deer with its gums because poor thing didn't have any teeth left. Picked it up and started whipping its neck around like, like crazy and killed the deer. He got a confirmed kill at like 19, 20 years old. No teeth, can't see, can barely walk. This dog was still able to get a confirmed kill. It was beautiful. But yeah, that, that's my, my geriatric dog story. <laughs> Let's right, get on with so the podcast. Uh, I'm,
1: I'm, hold up real quick. I'm looking at uh, human years to dog years here, and the highest this chart even goes is uh, 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we're talking about a 16-year-old dog even, that's 87 in human yeah. years. So that dog was like well into its 130s when it died.
0: It's crazy. <laughs> i'm telling you man this dog lived forever it was like the infinity dog it it was crazy <laughs> and they they did this with this a dog before that that they gave us this dog that like they thought it was about to die and apparently we were just the home for the dying dogs but they gave us this dog named chase and it lived it was like 12 13 and then it lived to be like 15 16 or something like that it, it lived like three or four more years but uh, we thought that that might happen again with Skye. No, no, she just lived on. She, I think she's, she outlived all the other dogs that she helped raise. Like, <laughs> I think she outlived four dogs that were born years after she was born. And it wasn't until like the last dog that she had grown up with died. And once that dog died, then she was like, all right, I've outlived all of them. I think she was surviving on spite alone. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it is what it is i guess all right let's get on with this um mandalorian i've been watching it i've yep. been staying uh, caught up with it trying to watch the episodes like as soon as they come out you know giving myself the theater experience you know turn off all the all the lights in the apartment you know turn up the tv you know sit back relax sober actually Watching these episodes, yeah, for once. <laughs> watching these episodes and just kind of like trying to absorb all the information that I can from it. So good, man. So good. Um, and uh,
1: before you close this out, uh, we're not going to talk about spoilers because I personally am only on episode three because I ooh. just got Disney Plus. So uh,
0: don't worry. Hey, that's all right.
1: Not going to spoil any new episodes for you. Just no. to talk about it.
0: But series, fantastic. like fantastic it is pretty much the epitome of what i would want out of a um out of a disney or out of a star wars live action tv series it's just rough gruff like violent and it's not like inner world you know politics stuff like that you know know, some of the episodes of prequels uh, yeah yeah or like some of the episodes of clone wars where it's like oh oh man what did sabine say In in Clone Wars all the time, oh man, corruption. She'd say something like that. (laughs) Oh man, it just reminded
1: me of uh, I like to call it aggressive negotiation. Oh yeah, quirky little thing that Natalie Portman would say every fifteen
0: minutes. Yeah, I yeah, I don't like that stuff. This rough, gruff Outer Rim. You know, the Empire's fallen. The New Republic is up and running, barely. Cause you know. It's, it's hard to start a government by itself. True. Like, look at some of these countries we have developing today. Like, look at South Sudan. That, you know, that shithole. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's its own country. It's the newest country on planet Earth, and they are hardcore struggling, because it's hard to start a government. Now, imagine that on a galactic scale across like, the entire yeah, galaxy.
1: Yeah, like, we, we can't even... Like, how many countries do we have on the Earth? Like, upwards of, like, 70, right? Like, maybe somewhere close to 100 like independent governments and every single planet or almost every single planet in star wars is unified under a one planet government i cannot even imagine how long that must take for like just even you know thinking about like building one new city like in the u.s and like backwoods texas or wherever oh yeah it takes these towns these towns have been around since like the 1940s and they still only have like eight thousand people living in them right it's so crazy. Like, imagine if somebody in Star Wars is saying like, "I'm gonna go to uh, I don't know I'm gonna go to Felucia and make it into a make it into a habitable planet." <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry, dude, but that's gotta yeah.
0: take like centuries, lifetimes, lifetimes, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. But new Mandalorian series, rough, gruff. You know, it's the galaxy is like in a place of turmoil because it's a changeover of government. You know, right. uh, a lot more freedom. So, you know, there's a lot more room for you know funny yeah, weird shit to go on.
1: Cuz the the new republic is like just been born, right? Like oh, they yeah. just knocked down the statue of Palpatine um on Naboo and on Coruscant, right? And uh new republic doesn't even have like a form of policing the galaxy yet. They're just chilling trying to get uh, more planets to join. And Pretty so much these these outer rim territories right that were Under either Imperial or Hutt control. Or Uh, Imperial slavery. Or Imperial slavery, yeah. (laughs) Since the Imperial's fallen, Jabba the Hutt, the most powerful crime lord in the galaxy, was just assassinated by a woman in a bikini. Uh, They're gone, (laughs) right? And so, like... (laughs) A woman
0: in a tinfoil bikini. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, there is absolutely nothing going on in the Outer Rim except for, like, these... Dozens and dozens of independent Mandalorian bounty hunters who are just trying to make a living on the poor, the poor, uh, the poor scum of the outer rim that don't know yeah. do any better. And uh, uh, me and uh, my buddy were likening it to uh, Clint Eastwood, but in space. Like that's that's <laughs> what much. the Mandalorian feels like. He doesn't say much, right? He's he. Oh yeah. Never he never loses fights. He's he's Clint Eastwood.
0: But he's in space. It's so good. I think it's... that's
1: about the best way to sum up the show so far.
0: Oh yeah, pretty much. But um, everyone's like, "Uh, what is the Mandalorian? Is he ever gonna take off his uh his mask? You know, is is he ever gonna take it off? Like, what does he look like? You know, does is he like white, black, Hispanic? Okay,
1: that's that's the point. Well, for one,
0: no one knows. We, we've oh.
1: never seen a Mandalorian even in the Clone Wars that wasn't white. So that That's alone true. tells me like even Django Fett in Attack of the Clones, he looked kind of like Malaysian Islander almost. But he, he was still He looked almost
0: like, a little bit Italian to me.
1: Yeah, but he was still like a Caucasian guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like from what we've seen, there's never been anything but a Caucasian Mandalorian. So I would say like imagine like all the Mandalorians you see in the Clone Wars or like Django Fett or all of the clones themselves, because they are People kind of forget Mandalorians genetically. Yeah, um, I mean that is right there. What he's gonna look like? It's not gonna to be too far off from that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like the characters that they have. All right, so they have the Mandalorian, right? He's right. the he's the kind of lone ranger hero. Then they got uh, grief Karga, who is the uh, the leader of the guild. You know, he's the he's the black fellow. He sits on the sits at the booth in the bar, and you know, gives out tracking beacons stuff like that. He is such. I'm not gonna say that he's a copy, because he's definitely he, he's almost cookie cutter to Lando Calrissian, but he's unique in his own way too. And there's something about that kind of character type that just hits home with me, and I'm like, oh. Well done. Here's your the, Oscar. The, <laughs> the thing I like
1: about him, yeah, is uh he is kind of that sort of Mandalorian or not Mandalorian. That Lando Calrissian sort of like personality type. He carries himself pretty high and he's like got he's kind of suave. He's he's good with words, right? But uh he has no money. No, like yeah. His, his job is um his job is handing out bounties to people like the Mandalorian, people who have nothing better to do with their time. And he just has to sit in this cantina or different cantinas on outer rim planets for days on end. And he's yeah. always wearing the same thing because he can't afford more clothes, right? Oh, yeah. And so it's like, you think about Lando Calrissian, like every single scene almost in Empire Strikes Back, he's wearing a different outfit. right? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just he too owns, bougie. He owns a mining colony on a gas giant, which is completely devoid of life oh, other yeah. than his mining colony or like sentient life. So it's like he basically owns his own planet, and the Empire pays him for starship fuel. So he is like set, like he's oh, yeah. beyond set. He's like Jeff Bezos out here.
0: Oh yeah, pretty much number one richest, other than oh, yeah. the government. Like <laughs> uh, other than he's the living empire. life.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the Empire richest people in the world. Then we got then we got Lando.
0: All right, we got to keep moving. But um, Deborah Chow is uh this famous director uh you'd you'd recognize some of the stuff that she's directed but um she is she directed a couple of the episodes for the mandalorian and she is supposed to be the director for kenobi and i think that is an absolute full scent like perfect move because she is what's her so hand good hand? deborah chow she directed um mr robot and a uh, better call saul Really good.
1: Yeah, I'm looking her up on on IMDb or IMDb. Mm. I always get that backwards right now.
0: Um, and as well as she uh, directed the new Netflix show uh, Lost in Space, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, which I oh, thought was yep. pretty pretty good. Um, couple other ones. Uh, the new Beauty and the Beast, which I thought was really good because it had Ewan McGregor. Now she's going to be working with him again in Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Just Spot on. Too good. I, I don't oh know, man. She, she's one of those directors. Like Her directing style is just the perfect for the rough, gruff Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I gotta oh, say, um,
1: with, uh, with Kenobi, I'm really excited because um, we know how his story starts, right? Like, he's just like any other youngling Padawan who starts out in the Jedi Temple, right? He gets assigned to his master Qui-Gon... Oh yeah hang out and then we know everything that happens to him uh, before the Clone Wars during the Clone Wars um and then we know everything from a new hope the start of that movie up until his death and that's mm-hmm. like pretty much most of his life but then we've still got like this seventeen like to twenty year gap oh yeah all we know that he's doing is just sitting on tatooine and Obviously, Obi-Wan Kenobi is not just sitting in a hut on Tatooine for 20 years, right? No. He's an important guy. He's doing something.
0: Yeah, not Obi-Wan. So,
1: yeah, no, I'm excited to see uh, what he's been up to. And the other thing I really like about the timing of when this show is coming around is that Ewan McGregor, when he did Revenge of the Sith, right? Like, that was,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: was that like 2005? It was like 15 years ago, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. 2003, Um, 2004, 2005. Somewhere in that time.
1: Something like that, right? And he's now kind of getting into that age where he is old enough to, like, play that sort of older, uh, more refined Obi-Wan Kenobi within that time gap without even really having to change his appearance that much.
0: Not at all. Like, like literally the only thing he has to do is put on the costume. Right. And like, we're not ex- we're he's not good to go. We're not expecting him
1: to look like Alec Guinness, right? Oh, like, no. <laughs> obviously, we're not expecting that to happen. But he's, he's getting into this age where he looks... Like a little older, a little more experienced, kind of kind of looks like a gentleman, you know, like Ewan McGregor does.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Handsome fella, handsome fella. For sure. Oh, it's going to be good. It, it's going to be good. If they actually go through with it, you know, because Disney Plus, it, The Mandalorian is one of the like top watched shows on Disney Plus right now. More than anything else, Mandalorian has gotten the oh, most it's, views.
1: It's like one of the most watched shows on the planet
0: right now. Like they did not expect it to be this successful, so hopefully, uh, we're on episode seven just came out, and uh, or chapter seven as they call it, and then chapter eight's gonna come out on Friday after Christmas, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll have to wait for a new season, sadly, which hopefully is gonna be summertime. I really yeah. hope we don't have to wait all the way till uh, till next next fall. That would be kind of depressing, but I, it might I would be guess like
1: that. That they'll try and speed it up. Uh, with I the hope success so. of the show, I would think that like if they have any other projects they're working on right now, like I would guess that they would kind of put Marvel, like their new Marvel content, on the back burner while they kind of grind out Mandalorian and Kenobi. Because
0: I hope so. If
1: Mandalorian, a show about a completely new character, and it's it hasn't even been set in pre-existing planets or with any pre-existing characters yet, and it's done so incredibly well that it's Mm. been, like, the top show on Earth for the last several weeks, I would think that they would take that energy and say, hey, if people were excited to see that just because it says Star Wars on it, surely if we're making a movie about Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the most beloved characters in the franchise, or not a movie, but a series, about one of the most beloved characters in the franchise, they would, like, get on that, you
0: know? Oh, yeah. And I have an idea for that, right? So, Mm. even if we have to wait till fall, fall time comes around, September, sometime in September. Monday, Kenobi. Friday, Mandalorian. That way, you got that week to talk about Ooh. it with your friends. Kind of like would be a nice. Oh man, I wish if there was some way, some teeny tiny way, where the stories could interconnect. It would make it so good. It's like in the same time so gap. good. Same okay. time gap. Um, they they are both on Tatooine around the same time. Yeah. For a couple of the episodes of The Mandalorian, so certainly at some point, Tatooine is not a very populated planet, so there's got to be some some you know some part of the timeline where they interconnect. Maybe I'm just a dreamer, though. Maybe I'm just a dreamer. We'll maybe, see. Maybe. Okay. Moving on. Um, I got a uh, new rifle recently, in mm-hmm. uh, in the real world, Remington oh, for, 700 for ADL.
1: For those of you who don't know, because uh, none of you would know. Uh, Spencer here is a Lance Corporal in the U.S. Marines.
0: I am. I am, yeah. Got a a new rifle. Not for work, just for personal use. Because you wanted a new rifle. Because I wanted a new rifle. I want to get into the long-distance shooting because I've never done anything over uh, 500 meters. And that was with an awful M16. If you've been in the Marine Corps, if you know anything, I'm... I'm obviously not someone to talk to about supreme knowledge of the Marine Corps because I'm just a Lance Corporal. But uh, one of the things you got to do is uh, you have to qualify with the rifle, and one of the qualifying distances is 500 meters. That's that's just how the longest that I've ever shot a rifle. Okay, that's a lie. I did shoot a Barrett 50 caliber <laughs> at a thousand meters, but a Barrett 50 caliber and an M16 are very Those different are two animals. Games, man. Oh yeah, a Barrett. Does all the work for you. All I'm like... saying is, if I'm
1: playing Modern Warfare Two, right, and I got an M4A1 and a Barrett 50 cal, and I'm on two opposite ends of the map, Estate, the m 4 a ones not going to be uh, one shot, one killing a guy.
0: <laughs> That's true. But uh, I'm trying to get into the more uh, long distance shooting, especially when it comes to wind and uh, wind different weather conditions, stuff like that, because you know the the temperature outside has a lot to do with shooting. Sure. As well, especially when you're shooting long distance. As far as I know, I, I haven't even gotten into it. I just picked up the rifle today, actually, from the store. But it's a uh, Remington 700 ADL 308 Winchester. You know, someone listening out here, as you know, is a gun lover like me. They'll probably know exactly what that gun is. But uh, I got it pretty good. And someone's gonna say, "Oh, why don't you get six-five Creedmoor? Why don't you get you know six millimeter Creedmoor? Why don't you get a seven millimeter? Any other caliber? Like, Ooh, 308 is an old round. It's not, it's not the best for long distance shooting. I, shut up. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm new to this. Okay, let me get good with a 308, and then we'll see how I do. It, maybe I'll get something different down the line. All right. I, I'm I'm just trying to get started."
1: And then I am uh, I am not into this kind of stuff like Spencer is, so I just had to look up the Remington seven hundred ADL, and I've got <laughs> to say it is a pretty rifle.
0: It's it's a pretty good looker. I mean, there's prettier stuff out there, but you know, nah, it's it's just it's just what I wanted. To Speaking get from myself like into. a uh,
1: a suburbs kid, like I mean, it's Texas, so the suburbs aren't really even suburbs, but the closest thing I would have to that, um, it looks like if I'm uh, if I'm like. At Cabela's, you know, that's like the top shelf gun. At Cabela's, (laughs)
0: it's it's about mid tier. It's about mid tier. All right, all right, yeah. But uh, let's let's move on from that rifle and let's uh, let's talk about some issues I have with the M sixteen. M sixteen with the M sixteen A four service rifle. Now, the M sixteen does its job. It does exactly what it was intended to do. But this is coming from a guy who is quite short and has quite short arms. I hate the fact that the standard issue M sixteen that every Marine trains on and you know if you're in a combat role that every Marine, you know, gets issued The fixed stock is offensive to my arms. <laughs> <laughs> like it is so uncomfortable to hold for me. And, and I've I, I've got a nice AR-15 that I use for, you know, other, for my, you know, like, if I go to the range to have fun with it, you know, sure. shooting like that, and I'm, and I'm a top shot with it. Iron sights, I'm good. I don't even use a, an ACOG or an RCO or, you know, a holographic, anything like that. I just use iron sights, and I'm pretty, I'm top tier. I'm top tier when it comes to shooting. I'm not, you know, like, I'm not John Wick, but I, I'm pretty good. But the yeah. M16... The parts, when it was manufactured, it's manufactured by FN, but it's all cookie cutter. And they were manufactured in a time of manufacturing where you didn't have to have that third decimal place of precision. So the parts, the upper receiver and the lower receiver, just shake around. They don't actually hold together like they're supposed to. They just wiggle around all the time, which makes it super annoying to shoot at a distance. I... Okay, if you're a Marine, I, I still quelled expert. I, I still qual expert every time, so don't harsh me. I'm, I'm, I'm a good shot with it, but when it comes to, like, a close quarters combat and stuff like that, you know, I'm wearing a flak jacket, you know, the, the protective plates, and, the sappy plates, as we call it, but my arms, <laughs> my short little midget arms, I cannot shoulder the rifle properly with a flak jacket on, so half the time, I have the stock over my shoulder, and I'm just looking through the RCO... <laughs> And I just have to control the recoil with my left hand, you know, being a left handed shooter. It's I don't know.
1: I'm just picturing like the uh the little dudes from Borderlands that like whenever they fire their gun they like fall on the floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Nah. I mean I don't like, know. Like I, I just got short arms.
1: You're 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 not the tallest guy. And no. I'm, I'm just going to say right now I'm one of the tallest guys I know, but I know for a fact Spencer could take me in a fight any day of the week, so I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to harsh on you, man.
0: Well, thank you for that. I But the M16 does what it's supposed to do and I I know I could use it how I know I can use it how it's supposed to do cuz I I do a lot of training with it. But uh recently M16 that I use, uh they the armory was supposed to laser it in, which is where they put this like laser thing into the end of the rifle and it points a laser out and then you zero in the scope with it, with where the laser is pointed. And it's supposed to get you like a rough estimate of where you're supposed to be aiming. I don't know what the hell they did to my rifle, but my RCO is broken now and my, my scope's broken and it shoots about five feet South downwards of where I aim. So they cranked the, the sight on the RCO so many times to, I, I guess the laser wasn't zeroed in properly, so they cranked it so many times that the RCO has gone all the way down or uh, all the way up and won't move back up. So that's cool. So we went to the range for some training, and I they just zeroed it in and everything. So I was like, all right, so it should be pretty good. I just got to do a couple little, you know, rough tweaks here and there to kind of zero it in just how it's supposed to be. Sure. Go to fire. Aim for this, uh, this little paper target that's taped onto around where the, you know, the human silhouette target, where his hips would be. Fire, nothing. It hits the dirt, like, three feet behind it. It hits the dirt. And I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. What's going on? I, I take a couple more shots, still just hitting dirt. I aim at the very top of his head, and I don't see dirt hit. And But there's no hole in the target. So I aim probably a good foot over the silhouette's head, And I hit him right in the hips. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) That is, like, beyond stupid. Try to adjust it, and it won't adjust. Like, I I crank it, like, hard crank. How it's supposed to be cranked, you know, the, the little adjuster knob to get it to rise back up to where it's supposed to be. Nothing. And I'm still hitting it. And so I figure out my RCO is not adjusting up and down anymore. It'll adjust left and right. But it won't adjust elevation, up and down. Yeah. And so, yeah, my rifle broke. (laughs) My RCOs broke, might I say. (laughs) But uh, so I was like, okay, well, there's no obvious way that I can do training with this rifle because I will never hit the target. I'll have to aim like five feet above the target when we're doing the close quarter stuff. (laughs) And so I borrow an officer's uh, M4 because, you know, officers, uh, they get get the good stuff, you know, so they get M4s. Yeah. Oh, my God. I like put the stock. It's an adjustable stock, so I slid it almost all the way in. I could actually shoulder it properly. It's a shorter barrel. It's only a fourteen inch barrel. So, oh, bro, it was it was amazing. Might I say uh, it it felt so smooth. It didn't wiggle. It was lighter. You know, shorter barrel, more maneuverable. Stock actually fit into my shoulder well. It it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. Oh, new um. New uh, Battlefront update came out.
1: Yes, Celebration Edition. Uh, speaking as a guy who's been playing Battlefront since it launched uh, about two years ago, mm-hmm. I have never been happier with the devs at DICE. Uh, because when I played Battlefield 1, I was like, DICE is kind of losing their touch, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It, was a, it was a good game in its own right, but when I compared it to 4, which I absolutely loved, uh, I I felt like I had been undersold a little bit, oh. so uh, I was I was tentative about buying Battlefront 2, but I did just because I'm you know a big Star Wars nut,
0: yeah. And I was yeah. like,
1: the gameplay is fine, it's a good game, right? But the content is really lacking, especially on the prequel side. And I was really excited about all the prequels content because that's how they advertise the game, because the first of the newer Battlefront games only featured. The Galactic Civil War, aka the original trilogy, with like Luke and Han and Leia and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, the the originals,
1: right. And so I was super, super excited about Front Two, and then when I get in, um, I felt a, I felt a little cheated again because there yeah. was no uh, customization options uh, for any of the clones except for like maybe one alternative skin that wasn't even assigned to, like, a specific regiment, you know, like the 501st or the 212th, the classic ones from the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I put the game down. I was like, I'm going to take a break, you know, maybe in a while they'll bring up some new updates. And eventually they did, about a year ago. They added in all the different, like, uh, battalions. Um, as they added October, in all those uh, as, new as
0: heroes the... and everything, too, a year ago, right?
1: Yeah, they added in the 501st, the 212th, um, the 227th, uh, numbers and numbers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Beautiful. Um, all, all the ones you recognize from the Clone Wars, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and so I was heckin' excited, to say the least. Of course. Uh, but then still, I was like, something's kind of missing. And then a few months ago, they added in um, actually like three new, completely new. Or two completely new trooper types. They added in the classic ARC Trooper, like you saw in the Kamino training episodes mm-hmm. with, like, Fives and Heavy and all of them.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Classic like, episodes. Are you ARC
1: Trooper material? And, like, you know, that <laughs> kind
0: of thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I remember that, those. That was,
1: like, they're getting through the training. That's what they wanted to do. And they added the Clone Commando from the Republic Commando games that came oh. out, like, over ten years ago on the Oh yeah.
0: Xbox. I remember. And
1: I was quite psyched and so i got back into the game they added felucia they added um geonosis which was really weird that it was missing in the beginning anyways
0: yeah because that was like um, the first map that you played on uh, battlefront 2 yeah the, you know uh, yeah, the playstation 2 one
1: yeah. yeah um and so i was super excited right mm-hmm. and so i was fully recommitted to the game i was happy to see the devs giving it so much attention Uh, But just a couple days ago, they released something called the Celebration Edition Update. Because, um, for reference, uh, Rise of Skywalker, which neither of us has seen yet, came out yesterday.
0: It did. Um, It did. And
1: so they were like, yes, we need to add Rise of Skywalker content to Battlefront, right? And I was like, cool. But then they were like, surprise, surprise, we're going to add a ton of Clone Wars content on top of of that. And so I'm looking at the picture here
0: yeah i got it pulled
1: up yeah he's got it too and they got two new um appearances for the uh the uh, clone commando which previously only had one which was the shiny default skin right Mm -hmm. um and then here was the real kicker they added in one two three four five six new arc trooper customization options And it's, like, the most detail, I've got to say, that they've ever put into this game. It's totally fan service, and I'm willing to admit that. They were just trying to shut up all of us Clone Wars nerds. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: (laughs) But uh, I have never been so happy with a game update that was, like, planned around cosmetics. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we've got here, we've got... uh, a 501st arc trooper and it's not just like you know like some of them looked where they were like normal arc troopers but they had like a couple blue stripes no it looks sick they've got fully uh, detailed helmets chest pieces they've got something called the Lambent seeker which kind of weirdly reminds me of um, like a nice pair of tennis shoes and I'm not sure how I <laughs> quite mean that, but, like, they're they're white and gray, right? And then they yeah. have these sort of neon green accents on the helmets, on the chest pieces, on the hips, like, the kind of the skirt guards that they have.
0: It looks What's badass, but it reminds me of New Balances.
1: Yeah, yeah, it reminds yeah, me of, like, yeah. a really trendy pair of, like, sneakers. But I think, in, in their own right, they look very cool. But then the thing that sent me over the moon was this new one called the Umbra Operative, this new uh, ARC Trooper skin they just added. And it's all black, right? And it's got this orange skull design on the helmets and then this orange ribcage design on the chest pieces. I love it. Very excited. And I'm, I'm going to say, um, if you've already owned Battlefront 2, right, you might be thinking, that game died a long time ago. I don't want to get back into it, but i would definitely recommend it i gotta say because they with the celebration edition update they made the game forty dollars and if you buy this bundle um you get every single cosmetic item that's been put in the game to date um and if you already own battlefront 2 right like maybe you haven't ever played it before uh you would get that but if you've already owned it right you know like, i'm not gonna spend forty dollars on that yeah if you if you already own the game they made it just 20 bucks not bad um, which I think is a pretty sweet deal. So if you already had it on like EA Access, or you bought the game like forever ago, um, and you were just a little disappointed with how long it takes for you to grind out all those different cosmetic items, <laughs> uh, every single cosmetic item in the game—it's like some, it's crazy. It's like over, over 150. You can get them all now uh, instantly for just 20 bucks. So I picked that up. Couldn't be happier.
0: Oh yeah. It's always a good feeling when a game actually decides, alright, we obviously we, we messed up somewhere. This game isn't good, you know, or it's it's good but people don't like it, there's not enough optimization or anything, or customization. And then they just met, like they just mass drop this massive cosmetic update and it's it, it's almost like an I'm sorry note. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> like, like a it's like a we love you for playing our game here's here's us saying thank you
0: yeah yeah basically like it, we're very sorry here you go here's some more stuff uh keep playing the game please and thank you yeah have a good day i gotta say
1: <laughs> totally worked i had kind of dropped the game but they added the arc trooper and the clone commando back in and then they gave us this whole new slew of cosmetic items and uh the new co-op mode which i won't go into right now but i have never been happier playing a star wars game than I am now playing as a uh, an arc trooper with a skull designed uniform on um Geonosis or Camino just gunning down clankers it's absolutely <laughs> fantastic Gotta beautiful
0: say. beautiful um and <laughs>
1: speaking of new Star Wars we've been talking about Mandalorian we talked a little bit about um uh Rise of Skywalker and we talked about Battlefront oh yeah um Jedi: Fall on Order dropped a couple of weeks ago.
0: Uh, I'm so that... bad at it. Uh, <laughs> I'm so bad at it, man. Like if, if I can't, if if I'm this bad at a at this kind of game, I can only imagine how just absolutely atrocious I would be at something that's like, just stupidly hard, like Dark Souls. Like, like Dark Souls. Yeah, I've never played Dark Souls. And I've never touched it, just for the reason because the sword play, kind of combat oh i'm so bad at it like the only time i was good at it was on the wii playing um oh what is it um, oh
1: yeah i know what you're talking about what was like the lightsaber duels and it was a clone wars game
0: no it wasn't the lightsaber dueler it was um oh man it's gonna kill me if i can't remember it oh you're playing it's like this guy who's who was trained as a Sith but then he he turns like good and he escapes the clutches of being trained by Darth Vader
1: Force Unleashed
0: Force Unleashed
1: one of the best video games ever honestly
0: Yeah that that was like the peak of my uh like uh slash and dash kind of gameplay was Force Unleashed that's what I was actually good at actually good at and now playing Fallen Order I am just abysmal it's <laughs> it's like sad to watch almost you know
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh well. And uh, have you good game though. Double jump yet? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you unlock double jump, the game becomes like at least forty percent easier.
0: I can imagine.
1: Um, if you ever played um, the classic, like Dark Forces, uh, Jedi Academy, Jedi Outcast, like the Kyle Katarn series mm-hmm. of Star Wars games, you know. Oh yeah! I remember that. Like something that was so fun about that was upgrading your force abilities because, like, you start out with a lightsaber, you can jump just like any person would, and then you have like the basic force push and pull, right? Oh That's yeah! It's kind of the same thing you start out with in Fallen Order. You have, um, uh, you have like one force ability. You've got your broken lightsaber that still kind of works. Kind of. You can,
0: you kind can of works.
1: <laughs> do a slightly higher jump than your average person would, right? And then you can climb, you can do stuff like that, that's all good and fair, but the further you get into the game, you un- you unlock things like lightsaber throws, a double-bladed lightsaber, the double jump, which is one of those things that's in every video game but is physically impossible
0: in real life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make uh, sense how, it, how that would ever work in real life, but, you yeah. know, um, we'll take it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it makes platforming fun.
0: Exactly. Uh, you know what it reminds me of, Fallen Order? What's up? It reminds me of Assassin's Creed.
1: I've I've actually heard people say it reminds me of Uncharted.
0: Uncharted. I I never played Uncharted, it's but it reminds me it's of the same shtick. It reminds me of like the classic Assassin's Creed. I, the ones that came out before Black Flag. It reminds yeah. me of those Assassin's Creeds. I I can't remember the numbers, but it reminds me of those because those were like you know you slowly level up, get get higher and higher in scale, stuff like that. Absolutely amazing, but it kind of does remind me of Black Flag a little bit because you know you're a pirate, so you can use like a normal sized sword and all that fun stuff. Excellent game, excellent game. All right, let's move on. Um, neither of us have seen Episode Nine yet.
1: Rise of Skywalker.
0: Haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. Just came out. If you're listening to this podcast, you might have heard or you might have seen it already, and you might have known what's happened. But me and Matt, we we don't know what's going on. But, so Matt, what are your some of your predictions for episode nine
1: So I'm seeing it tomorrow. I know Spencer you won't be seeing it for uh, another week or so. Yeah, um, but I'm seeing it tomorrow and i've been I've been kind of stewing in my Star Wars geeky you know, hypotheticals.
0: <laughs> your, your Star and, Wars uh, brain soup has been simmering slowly over the last couple of days, getting down right. to a nice sauce, yeah. <laughs>
1: right, so I, I've been going back, I've been playing all the trailers frame by frame, I've been watching, like, the, uh, the TV spots, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you can find all of it on YouTube, of course. Of so course. You just look up Rise of Skywalker, or, yeah, Rise of Skywalker, new trailers. Uh, but one thing that i uh, have been so excited to see is ray's red lightsaber bit that was in one of the early trailers it might have been the first trailer actually
0: or i think was it was the, the first one. trailer it was the second
1: one is what it was oh um
0: I, I was, was excommunicated like this, uh, from the world when the first one came out so
1: <laughs> yeah uh spencer was it as a, was it was at boot camp
0: yeah. yeah so i didn't see the first one the first trailer but i got to see the first and second trailer at the same time so that's pretty- it looked, looked amazing.
1: <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so we see in the second trailer, uh, Rey has this weird folding double-bladed red lightsaber, and she's wearing this weird black cloak. I've been mm-hmm. thinking a lot about that scene, and uh, a lot of people that I've talked to think it's like a force vision. Like, if you remember in Empire, uh, Luke kills Darth Vader, and then when the mask explodes, it's his own face. Yeah. It's like a lot of people have been saying, like, if you fall to the dark side, this is what you'll become kind of thing.
0: I think so. uh,
1: And that's very plausible. But in my heart of hearts, because of this weird love-hate relationship that Kylo Ren and Rey have been developing over the past two movies. Oh, yeah. I have a gut feeling that uh, Kylo Ren's going to be pulling some strings in Rey's head. You think so? Because he claims to know who her parents are. Which is what she's been doing the whole time she's been a character in the universe. Is what she's been searching for her parents, right? Yeah. Um, Or waiting for them on (laughs) Jakku. Right, which was stupid. but um, Yeah. Yeah, but uh, anyways, so there's that. She's pretty Force-sensitive, obviously, because we saw her lift all those stones in The Last Jedi and save the Resistance or whatever yeah uh but she only really did her lightsaber training with luke on um i can't remember the name of the planet but y'all get what i'm talking about the island yeah yeah ah, i can't um, remember what it's called she did that and then she did like some basic stuff like how to lift things with the force kind of the stuff that yoda was teaching luke and empire kind of mirroring that um but we haven't seen how she's going to further develop her force abilities because i guess she could do it on her own hypothetically right she could just work all this stuff out by herself by by playing with her powers and stuff like that but i feel like she has a lot more that she wants to learn about uh, the force and i think that kylo ren is going to have some interesting ways of pulling her into that if not the emperor oh um, yeah because we have uh, we have seen some sneak peeks of the emperor in the trailers so far and that has been pretty exciting.
0: Oh, he's back. Oh, you know he's back. Oh yeah. But um we've we've got imperial
1: star destroyers in the trailers. So something's going on.
0: Oh yeah, that big of a fleet of imperial star destroyers. That's like and it's like they're obviously imperial cuz they look there's a big distinction between the first order ships and the imperial ships. Just right. Off of body and you know color and stuff like that and how they're like the classic straight up triangle. Yeah, I love the fact <laughs> it, it was a basic design. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a he's, triangle he's a
1: pizza with a, with a tower on it.
0: it. It's a tortilla chip. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they uh, bring those back and the emperors on the on the Death Star and so I, I I've heard all these predictions right. I've been listening to all these different Star Wars podcasts and there's. Supposedly, this lizard Sith guy named, like, Ochi, or something like that, Ochi Mochi, something like that, but he is this kind of ancient Sith, almost, and he's, like, supposedly, like, in control of everything that happens in Star Wars and everything, but I I, I don't know what to think about it, It, it's kind of weird. So, Snoke. 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 Snoke, I believe, is just a straight-up clone. I, I don't think he's anything other than that. I think he is... He came out of a tube. He's he's a test tube baby, and Palpatine has, you know, hundreds of him ready to go. And Snoke is just a... He's literally just a, a pawn. He's just a force projection of whatever Palpatine wants him to be. He He's a husk. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's just an empty husk. He's not an actual, like, character or... It doesn't really have, I I guess what he, you'd call free will, or he anything was like that.
1: Out way too quickly for him to be anything more than a stepping stone for what Palpatine really had planned with the First Order.
0: Oh yeah, because, all right. So you look episodes one, you don't know it yet, but Palpatine's the bad guy. Episode two, all right. We we kind of know that Palpatine. You know, he's obviously like in control. He's like cra- grabbing power, stuff like that. Well, he was doing that in. Phantom Menace as well, but in Attack of the Clones, he was grabbing even more power. Mm-hmm. Episode 3 comes out, you know, he he's is. Like, I'm a Sith Lord. He's, he's, definitely, like, oh. you know, he's, he's definitely Sith. He is the main, you know, antagonist of the first three films, chronological order, might I say. Next three films, 4, 5, and 6, definitely still the antagonist. And so we have these six films where this one guy is the antagonist, whether you, you know, you know it or not. You know, if you'd already seen 4, 5, and 6, you know that he's going to be the antagonist. But then you see 1, 2, and 3. He's, you know, obviously the antagonist still. And then we have 7, 8, and 9. 7, we... The antagonist is this guy named Snoke who has, like, this... We don't know much about him. 8, you know, Snoke dies. And we're like, okay, Snoke's gone. Didn't learn anything about him. We all, Literally all we know is his name and that he is supposedly Kylo Ren's master or his teacher or something like that. And he obviously hasn't done that good of a job because Kylo Ren kind of sucks at being a Sith. <laughs> and so we have the same antagonist for six movies straight. And then next two movies come out. Still the Skywalker uh, saga. And you're like, oh, okay, they have the same antagonist for six movies and they're going to have some completely different guy the next three. Oh, come on. Definitely not going to happen. So I could kind of see when uh, 7 and 8 came out. I was like... There's no way that Palpatine's not going to have some role in this, either as a forced ghost or something like that, or he's still alive, or just his head is still alive, kind of you know like, maybe they froze his head kind of like Walt Disney's head, you know, <laughs> bring <laughs> like him back in a thousand one. years. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that uh, Snoke is just a test tube baby. Palpatine's got a lot of them, and I feel like Ray is the same way. Ray is kind of like okay. Oh, we're getting to a big conspiracy theory now, right? All right, so Darth Plagueis exists, and then uh, Shmi hey Skywalker.
1: Quick, real quick, before you get too deep into this, you're blowing hmm? up my ears again.
0: Oh my bad. But uh, all right, so we got Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis, you know the wise. He is pushing against the force. He's trying to get all the midichlorians to do exactly what he wants. He's trying to make everything, you know, about him. He's trying to see if he can be, like, the ultimate controller of the Force, get immortality, get total control of the Force, power, everything. Basically be God. He, want, he wants to play God. And then he finds out that Anakin is supposedly the Chosen One through Palpatine. That's a little bit of Legends continuity right there. But I think it has some canon implications because that Legends book came out right before... I think it, was, it should have been, like, right before the canonized, you know revival by disney mm-hmm. so darth Plagueis, the chosen one is anakin shami skywalker is anakin's mom and i am a big supporter i not as much supporter but i'm a big believer of the infinite shami timeline yeah so shami okay, yeah
1: so if you haven't heard this theory and uh, you haven't seen the movie yet this might blow you away a little bit if you've heard, if you haven't heard this theory and you have seen the movie, you're like, what are these guys smoking? All right. <laughs> um, Cause we're, we're probably way off, but it's a cool thing. Oh nonetheless. yeah. Um, so basically Shmi Skywalker, Phantom Menace, right? Anakin's mom. She's like, Anakin had no father. I became pregnant and I bore a son. And you're like, Oh, he's like star Wars. Jesus. That's kind of cool. He's definitely the chosen one. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, but we, we get further and further along, you kind of forget that that's even a question, like who's Anakin's father, and then uh, actually after The Last Jedi came out, they released a comic book, and this is canon with the Disney timeline, that uh, Palpatine, um, after killing Darth Plagueis, actually used Darth Plagueis' research to artificially inseminate Shmi to create Anakin.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's canon. That was in the Vader comics, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So
1: uh, we know that Palpatine created Anakin Skywalker to be a super Force-sensitive kid with the sole purpose of finding him someday and raising him up to be a Sith Lord, right? Yeah,
0: he was his, like, he was his uh, his race car that he built. <laughs>
1: right, yeah, he was, he was <laughs> his tricked-out hot rod. Um, oh, yeah. And then in Rebels, they recently introduced the concept of... Or Rebels ended a while ago, so this isn't recent... But in the last couple episodes of Rebels, they introduced time travel to the Star Mm -hmm. Wars canon. Yeah. This is something they hadn't even touched on for like the last 40 years that Star Wars has been a franchise. Not once have they tried to delve into time travel, except all of a sudden at the end of Rebels, um, once The Last Jedi is over, they decide to bring time travel in. And that brings up a couple questions. One, if Rebels is over, what the hell are they going to do with that? because obviously yeah. <laughs> Ezra Bridger is not going to be going back and forth in time trying to like save things from happening, because he's, his story's over. We know yeah. that for a fact. Um, and so there's this big theory going around that through the use of time travel, um, Rey learns that uh, she actually does not have parents at all. Like, it was just Rey appearing, and that's it. So Rey learns that she plays a part in a time loop that guarantees the rise and fall of the Empire, basically from Phantom Menace to the end of this Skywalker saga that we've been going through. She
0: is the time paradox.
1: Yes, Rey is a complete glitch in the timeline to where after Rise of Skywalker, uh, Rey goes back in time, uh, becomes artificially inseminated by Palpatine, and bears a son, Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So the theory is that Rey is Shmi Skywalker.
0: So, And Rey always was, and will always be, Shmi. She because exists? once
1: she gets to this end point at the end of the Skywalker saga, she has to go back in time and become Shmi Skywalker again, and then through some weird turn of events, she'll be born again into the the Fallen Empire in this sort of First Order rising conflict, be found by the Resistance, and become a Jedi under the tutelage of Luke Skywalker. After that's happened again, she'll go back in time again and take the place of Shmi Skywalker again.
0: All so without theory, her knowing.
1: All, all without her knowing that she was the mother of the Chosen One this entire time. So Rey is this weird, looping character that sort of creates this infinite causality effect within the Star Wars canon where uh, Shmi has Anakin, Anakin becomes a Sith, Anakin dies, Rey is born, Rey goes back in time, becomes Shmi, has Anakin again.
0: I know it's a crazy theory, but it's possible.
1: We're probably completely wrong
0: oh yeah we're, we're uh, there's a 99 percent chance that we are like way off in left field you know <laughs> yeah. I, other I, than the you know obviously palpatine canon canonologically artificially inseminated me that's correct that's yes. that's there that's fact that's concrete although the timeline part oh god that's <laughs> that's probably not even close to true I, I
1: would be completely, completely surprised if I saw the movie tomorrow evening and our theory was even a little bit right.
0: If this theory is even a tiny bit right, the parts that, you know, people have slowly come up with, then I'm going to be blown out of the water, out of my mind, just losing my shit because that's, (laughs) there's no way that that's a possibility. Like people would get so mad when they saw the movie if that was the story and it would be all over the media right now. And Um, I've tried to keep myself away from, like, any uh, new Star Wars memes or anything like that, but, like, nothing crazy um, has come up.
1: I deleted Instagram, and I I haven't been on a uh, a news website or anything like that in the past, like, four days. Oh, yeah. Because I have to be completely unspoiled for tomorrow at 6 p.m. when I (laughs) get to witness this all firsthand.
0: I have specifically not gone on Reddit just for that reason, because I know that I know it's going to ruin it for me. If I go onto Reddit one time, I'm going to see some photo from someone took in the theater of some scene. And it's going to be like, Oh, well that's how that happens. And then all the little wires start connecting to my head. I'm going to be like, okay, uh, you know, (laughs) yeah, everything's done.
1: Like, um, yeah, it's, it's, you open Reddit and it's like, spoilers, Han Solo dies. And it's like, oh
0: okay yeah (laughs) oh yeah Yeah, that got ruined for me when uh (laughs) got
1: ruined for me as well
0: i I was quite pissed off because I i was working at a at a place and uh one of the people there had already seen it i was like going the next day like the day after it came out like it came out like this movie like showings were thursday at midnight and i was going to see it friday afternoon kind of thing right so someone saw it Thursday at midnight because they're, you know, super motivated to go see it. Of course I am too, but I don't have... I, I can't stay up that late or else it ruins me. But but so someone saw it and they told me, hey, bring tissues to the new movie. They found out that I was going to see it. And I was like, all these little things started connecting my brain. I was like, well, it's obviously not Leia because there's no way they could kill off one of the Skywalkers. That That's not going to happen. Right. She's luke's balance there's no way it's going to be luke because no one really even knows where he is right it's not going to be this new chick because she's supposed to be the main character it's it's not going to be these people it's like
1: we haven't seen luke in the trailers right yeah Uh, we've seen leia in the trailers but she's just kind of hanging out like being general of the resistance or whatever
0: and And so so it's not
1: going to be them we haven't like obviously they're not going to kill off chewbacca right chewbacca's been in Like every single trilogy, they're not just gonna be like, bye bye Chewie, you know. Yeah,
0: Chewbacca is like R two D two. He's he's a staple. He's a classic. You can't understand him, but you love him anyways. (laughs) Exactly. He he just talks nonsense the whole time, and everyone's like, "Yeah, sure, good to go, Chewie." It's like, no, there's no way you understood what he just said.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like in Solo, uh, I thought that was so funny when they they lock Han. In the in the cage with Chewie, who's supposed to be like a Wookiee slave at this Imperial outpost, mm-hmm. uh, just for their entertainment, which was already like crazy. Yeah, um, but like Han gets thrown in there. Chewie's like about to eat him raw. Like Chewie's literally about to eat Han Solo. Yeah, for for dinner, and then Han's just like,
0: <laughs>
1: and then Chewie's like, what? And Han's like, yeah, I speak a little Wookiee, and it's like, how do you do that? <laughs> how how do you just manage to grunt in the right pattern?
0: That's like if it's as if I looked at my cat and like went meow and my cat would just be like holy shit he knows. <laughs> 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 it's like I just unveiled this giant conspiracy theory about the cats and like and my cat understands and she she understands me as like a safe human being or so, some stupid shit like that. It, it it's a, it's the same thing. It, it's the same thing with R2D2 it's like whoop whoop like, yup, got it. It's got in it, R2. Like, they're on the second level. There's 99 droids waiting for us, and they all have D-122 blasters. It's like, no, there's no <laughs> way. <laughs>
1: or like in... Uh, in there's in, no uh, inflection. They, they touched on that a little bit. Luke actually has, like, basically a, a touchscreen panel on in the cockpit of the X-Wing, right? Mm-hmm. And then R2 says something, and it comes up on the screen, typed out, because he obviously can't hear R2 because R2 is in the vacuum of space. Well, yeah. <laughs> because he's just sitting on the back of the X-wing. And so in we space know that R2 is talking it like he may be doing it in bleeps and boops and bops. But he's speaking <laughs> he's speaking basic English.
0: Yeah. Or so, basic as they call it in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's speaking basic. And so it's like somehow with each different whistle chime beep boop bop R2 can tell them like hey, I am working on activating the elevator right now. Meet me in the hangar because there's droids nearby.
0: I know, I know. It's it's, it's crazy to me. It's, oh, man. I hate it. But I love it at the same time. I, I have a big love, mostly love, little bit of hate relationship with Star Wars, just for some of the, the weird, quirky stuff and... And it's like, well, how, you, how did you hear the Death Star explode? If there's a vacuum in space, it's like, <laughs> okay, for that, it's a movie. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's,
1: here's a here's a brain teaser for you. How many? Okay, so when they blew up the second Death Star, it was still under construction, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: How many independently hired contractors and construction workers, not affiliated with the Empire, do you think there were on the station when the entire thing detonated?
0: Mm- Thousands, thousands, yeah, man.
1: Thousands. When they were hundreds um, of thousands, because it's the size of a planet.
0: Oh yeah, it's bigger than a moon. It's a yeah. small planet. They uh, touched on that in uh, the Star Wars book. It's a canon book. It's called Lost Stars. They touched on that where, from the view of an Imperial officer, this uh, female officer, and she is on Vader's flagship. She's one of the like intelligence, or uh, she's one of the communications officers on board and she stops receiving communications from the death star and then they find out that it got blown up and she's like oh the hundreds of thousands of uh imperials who are there and everything and i'm like surely surely the empire is not so strong that literally all they use is military and political forces to you know run that ship you gotta think. It's got to be, like, today's military. We're, like, like there's There's janitors 20... on that thing, yeah.
1: right? Like, they got yeah. bedrooms. There's janitors that are working, like, 9 to 5, just cleaning the heads. Or, like, scrubbing the heads on the Death Star. And uh, Lando Calrissian just murdered all of them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <And> he just <laughs> offed. Like, he offed. Her. Granted, the other Death Star is still under construction, so... You know. It wasn't yeah. fully... Asably fully operational, but it wasn't fully Firepower staffed. Of
1: this fully operational battle station.
0: Yeah, it's like it's fully operational, but it's got this massive weak spot. It's like, come on, you yeah. call that fully operational? There's,
1: yeah, there's this uh, there's this robot chicken skit, right where mm-hmm. Palpatine is in his office on Coruscant, and uh, this is after the destruction of the first Death Star, and he gets a phone call from his contractor, and he's like, hey, so how's the construction on the second Death Star going? Right, and I don't know why mm-hmm. I'm miming a phone with my hands because you can't see that. <laughs> um, and he's like yeah you know uh, how that uh, how that first Death Star had that exhaust port that went directly to the main reactors and it was just big enough for a, for- for a photon torpedo to get through <laughs> uh, or proton torpedoes there in Star Wars photon and Star Trek uh, anyways not the point um, he's like yeah yeah did y'all fix that this time and the contractor's like well not exactly it's actually bigger <laughs> and Palpatine's like, "How big is it?" And he's like, "Uh, you could probably fit a YT series Corellian freighter in there."
0: <laughs> it's like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, that's just, perfectly just, fine." Just keep going. Yeah, just, yeah, let's go ahead and take it into battle. Who cares? Who cares if I'm on it when it gets attacked? I, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Just a bigger hole this time. Literally the exact same, exact same thing. They kind of fixed it with um. With Star Killer Base, kind of yeah. fixed it, but uh, well, everyone yeah, the, the got thing really about upset. Star
1: Killer Base wasn't that they like happened to fire a missile in the right spot, or they happened to hit the reactor. It was kind of clever the way they did it, because the weapon was about to fire, and they destroyed the primary exhaust. Mm-hmm. So when the weapon fired, the whole thing just collapsed in on itself because there was nowhere for that energy to go. It was smart. Yeah, that that was kind of clever. It wasn't just like they shot a missile at the primary reactor
0: from mm-hmm. the
1: surface of the station and the entire thing exploded.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Everyone uh everyone hated on um on episode 7. They're like, "Oh, it's just it's just, just uh it's just a new hope, but they remade it." It's like, "Okay. First of all, completely different movie. Second of all, okay, it's kind of similar. They have a big planet-sized weapon that can destroy other planets, similar thing. But hey, the shit worked the first time. Like, they just tried to fix a couple of the issues with it, other than the fact that, you know, it got blown up the first time. They pretty much fixed it. They couldn't help it that Han Solo is a smart little bastard and found another way to blow it up. (laughs) Yeah, They couldn't help that. And also, it was like, that thing was pro- like pro construction man it was that thing was crazy they used an entire it was the planet what oh, what's the planet it called It was the
1: planet Ilum Ilum It was where it was where the Jedi used to basically farm lightsaber crystals for padawans right Yeah. And they would have to undergo like this sort of tribal rite of passage there in order to get their first lightsaber and they yeah. were this is this was big brain they hollowed out the planet Ilum took every single lightsaber crystal on the planet built it into a space station with a giant gun on one side of the planet and <laughs> powered it using literally every single lightsaber crystal left.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, that it,
1: that's big brain. They basically that's... just fired a seven-bladed lightsaber at seven different planets.
0: Yeah, they offed <laughs> seven planets at once, and it took them, like, 15 minutes for the laser to actually work. If you can off seven whole planets, let, let's say seven Earths, in a matter of 15 minutes. That's a pretty successful weapon. And someone had to go inside the base to destroy it and risk everything they had holding dear to them. Their life, their limbs, everything. Just to destroy it by destroying one... uh, by this super complicated plan. Granted, they made it look cool or they made it look a little bit more simple in the movies. But if you read in about it, you know what they did was extremely technical, extremely well thought out. But... uh, People thought eh, it's it's just New Hope. I thought it was a beautiful homage, homage, is it homage. an H? Homage. It was a beautiful homage to A New Hope, and it was setting up for the last three movies, and that's that's not really something you can put a price on because they had to start it out somehow, and if they yeah. didn't start it out with like the original, almost the original crew. If they hadn't started out with them, then people would have been upset. They would have been like, oh, where's Han Solo? Oh, where's Princess Leia? You know? Yeah. like <laughs> People would have gotten they, genuinely they upset.
1: They at the end of Return of the Jedi, and now they're just not here? What's wrong with that?
0: You yeah, would, would they just live their lives now or something? No, I want yeah. them to I want them to be in every storyline. People would have been pissed either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. That, that's the thing <laughs>
1: about a franchise like Star Wars or Marvel, especially DC, uh, is no matter what you do, people are going to get pissed. There's no oh, way yeah. to avoid that.
0: Unless it's a completely creative, brand new concept film, never based on a book, never based on a TV show, never even based off a singular song, you know, people are even still going to get pissed about that because <laughs> they thought, oh, he's doing it this way. Yeah, it, it's, it's too big to not get hate. It's one of those things. Like, there's always going to be a critic. Oh, well.
1: Right. And then here's here's your one exception to that rule that never based on anything before Blade Runner. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blade Runner. People still hated it. They were still a a select group. Yeah, he's he's a cop in the future and he hunts down androids. Mm Mm-hmm. But not
0: based on anything. Great movie. well, it has to be it. based on uh, a law enforcement officer. So, oh, law enforcement officer. Yeah, that or, movie. Or, or, or. That, no, any first. movie that contains one police officer. And it's, it's way too played out. You know, oh, just think. Lethal Weapon. Die Hard. Lethal Weapon 2. Die Hard 2. Way too played <laughs> out. It's like, okay. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> haters, haters gonna hate, man. Haters gonna haters hate. Haters gonna hate, man. Oh, man. One, one movie I, I can never, like... I'll, if I watch it every 6 months for the rest of my life, I'll still continue to like the movie has got to be The First Pacific Rim. I don't Dude,
1: that that movie <laughs> got way too much shit. That was a fantastic movie.
0: Oh yeah, people hated it because it was like, oh, giant robots. We've seen giant robots before. Well, yeah, of course you've seen giant robots before. Of course it's not a new idea. You know, or a robot, you know, people fighting are like, a monster oh, is like you yeah, know, it, it's like, Godzilla oh, there's, there's versus
1: big Power Rangers robots, but it's like,
0: yeah, come on. Okay.
1: <laughs> but imagine that each world government made a giant robot, and then hired two pilots that basically have to use a Vulcan mind meld every time they use the giant robot to fight off aliens that came out of the Mariana's trench and are the size of skyscrapers. <laughs> like when when you when you put that on paper you know? Oh yeah. That sounds pretty fucking cool, just going to say.
0: It does. And the movie was so well done. Oh yeah. I thought it was amazing. The the um the guy who plays the like, you know, general who used to be a uh, That was of, uh,
1: Idris Elba, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah,
0: it was. That that guy, he can act, man. I don't, Oh yeah. He's just so good. And when he's playing like that kind of like support role as the the old guy who used to do the thing that the new guys do, and he knows how it works. He he just plays it so so well, man. I like I can't believe it. Oh, all right. Last thing we're last thing we're gonna talk about. My cat. All right. So got this cat right. Cat. Great cat. cat. She is a black cat, and we me me and me and uh, Mrs. Spencer. We were uh, driving around one day. We went to a PetSmart, and uh, went in and uh, or we were going to PetSmart to kind of look at the cats that you know because they always have cats for adoption, stray cats and whatnot in the back. It's usually like two or three cats, usually pretty good looking cats and whatnot. We wanted to get a cat. It's the first apart or you know it's the first you know like pet that we're having as a married couple. So it's a it's a big deal, you know. First little fur baby, I guess you could call it. That's kind of a cringy thing to say, That's but, <laughs> stuff, but it's kind of fur baby. That.
1: Moving past that.
0: But uh so we went there, and it just so happens that they were having like this massive adoption event for this local like adoption, you know, pet strays and everything. Strays, abandoned pets, stuff like that, mistreated pets, all these, you know, little kitties and stuff. Lots of dogs, lots of cats, and the apartment rule for our apartment complex I I understand it completely. You know, you can't have a dog over 40 pounds because no one wants to be, you know, the downstairs neighbor of the person who has the 70 pound pit bull. (laughs) Like that thing jumping up on the couch and just that thing walking to get food, you know, with its nails click clacking on the floor. That's got to be annoying. So we're looking at the dogs and it's all these big pit bulls and strays and everything. Of course, they're breaking your heart. I I love pit bulls. They're, They're so sweet. Such good dogs, but uh, they get a bad rap. Look at the dogs, you know, like, oh, we could get a dog, but with me, with with my work schedule and whatnot, and, you know, deployments you don't, you and don't
1: stuff, have the time. I... You don't have the time to spend raising a dog.
0: Yeah, and it's an apartment, too, so I'd rather the dog be... It's a no-kill adoption agency, so the dog's going to find a home eventually, or it's going to be fostered with someone till it dies. But the dog's going to have a good life. So I, I didn't want to give a dog a life where it just sat in an apartment, laying on a couch, kind of basking in the sun, looking out the window, not being able to do absolutely anything. Because, you know, dogs, they want they want that freedom. So so we decided, you know, we should probably get a cat. Because cats kind of like, you know, okay, yeah, it could be roaming the streets or whatnot, but cats get killed pretty, pretty easily, yeah. especially in somewhere that gets cold. And a place like this where, you know, there's a bunch of alligators and such. But um, cats get killed pretty easy. It was a stray cat, this cat that we found. And they told us the story of the cat. It had uh, They found it when it was pregnant. It had its litter of kittens. And then it adopted uh, two stray litters where the mother had like either abandoned it or the mother had been killed or something. These stray kittens, the two, le- two litters of spare kittens it adopted into its own litter and nursed them all God. and everything and took care of them. That's one tough cat, you know. And you look at this cat. This cat's only like nine pounds. It's a small cat. And this poor thing, it, its nipples had to go through such torment. Yeah. <laughs> Three litters of cats all at once. Oh, I feel bad for it. But then uh, it raised those kittens and everything. Then it got spayed, got fixed, got treated, and all the shots and everything. It's this black cat, and it was hiding in the corner of its cage at this adoption event. Cause all the dogs were barking, you know, people talking, cars driving by, stuff. So this cat was not having a good time, and it was just hiding its face in the corner. Whoa, and my wife, oh, my wife was just like, "Look at that thing! Oh, it's so cute! It hates the world. I love it so much." And I was like, "Oh, there's no way we're not adopting this cat." <laughs> so we get the cat, and uh, get it, get it adopted. Everything our apartment the rent landlords wanted to take a picture of it so they know what it looks like and everything get all the paperwork done you know big old couple couple hundred dollars on a pet deposit but now we have this cat and this cat is like the ultimate crackhead man it's <laughs> not in like a bad way kind of like it'll attack you and kill you but in like the um it's just goofy you know what i mean yeah but like <laughs> middle of the day you know most cats like oh the cat runs around in the middle of the night no this cat will come out in the middle of the day and like sprint around the apartment and like just attack the floor not in a way that's like tearing up the floor like not with claws or anything just like just its paws just start <laughs> tapping on the floor real quick is crazy little cat oh but yeah and her her name is tiny which is pretty fitting because she's so small but yeah good cat Good cat.
1: I'm allergic, so.
0: Yeah, no <laughs> you can appreciate the pictures, but in person is uh, not a good time.
1: <laughs> yeah, doesn't doesn't quite work. Uh,
0: yeah, but yeah, I think that's about all the time we have for this podcast. We'll uh, I don't know what the schedule will be like. We'll probably try to find a way to do it once a week on the yeah. weekends. Maybe more often than that if we can. See, uh, see
1: if we can upload on Sundays.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I'll I'll try to get this ready to upload on Sunday. Get it out, at least before Christmas. Uh, it might come out like Monday or Tuesday with how, you know, Apple vets its uh, podcast. They have to like, there's like a, a one to two day waiting period before it goes up. I guess they have to scan it for copyrighted material or something like that. It's just us talking, so hopefully that won't be an issue. But yeah, if you're listening out there, thank you. You're probably like one of five listeners to ever hear this first episode. But that's episode one of Clankers in the Wraps, you friends. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Uh, tell your neighbors from your rooftops. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. Hit the hit the bell <laughs> notification. Drop a like. Share it with their mom. Share it with their grandma. I'm sure she'll fucking love it. Uh, yeah, uh, share it at the church. What's charge, up, Logan Paulers? You know? <laughs> the Logan Paulers, uh, rice gum gang. You know. All That's right. So well, good. I guess that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. Matt, tell the people goodbye. 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 Goodbye.